Let's boogie! Hi and welcome to Kingdom of Thirst Podcast! My name is Abigail Kelly and I'm with Andrew Machado, our Hi. music man, music making numbers man. It's me, Andrew Machado. Yeah, 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 you made our theme. Isn't that cool? The theme that you just heard in, in, in podcast time. I'm yeah, gesturing can... this way with both of my arms like you like this. <laughs> I can hear the ghost of it now. Yeah. Um, well, I'm so intimately familiar with the like look of that little soundbite now at this point <laughs> that like actually yes, yeah, I could but... probably draw it without reference. Yes. I believe. Uh, that. How you doing today or tonight, as it were? I'm doing well. Doing well. Just got home from work. Um, yeah. doing making numbers or making music? Uh, definitely making numbers. <laughs> I can't handle the music making as a job. It's really fun, and I, I you know, I love making the podcasts and and making music for people, but. It's just one of those things where it's it's a wonderful, passionate hobby, and mm-hmm. I just could not for the life of me turn it into a job. Oh, my God. Do I understand? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like how I feel about sewing. I love sewing. Mm-hmm. Sewing is so fun. It's also, like, so hard and, like, so expensive. And oh, the people boy. who do it really well, like, do it so well. And, like, I can't even imagine, like, just trying to do that as, like, a career. It seems, like, so hard. Like, there's so much you have to know. And I'm, like... Like, with, like, drawing, with, with like, illustration, I understand it. Because, like, you got your two hands and whatever you can do with them. And sometimes, if you don't have hands or can't draw with them for whatever reason, you can do it with other parts of you. Yeah. And, like, you can, you, it's just as good, if not better, considering. Uh, like, elephants can do illustration. They can't make a dress. Like, no. that shit's not yet. trade DP seal, my good dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is a that sounds challenging. I I yeah. once tried to sew the nose back onto a beanie baby and by god, it oh. was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, did one of your many animals savage a beanie baby? It was one um this was uh you know how sometimes they do like big um uh, uh pickups for for trash, like big yeah. big bulk pickups and yeah. they'll have a day for the whole city or whatever. Um uh-huh. Well, when I was younger, on those days, I would always just go on an adventure and just go walking around through people's bulk item trash. Oh, oh, trash day in Sacramento is a great day. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I fully understand. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I found a, a, a beaver beanie baby um, mm. that was great, except it was just clearly like like an animal or, some, or something had uh, ripped oh. open the nose. Yeah. So I thought, well, this is great. I love Beanie Babies. I like collecting them. And I went home and I said, I'm going to sew its nose closed. And so I used some bright pink ass thread that didn't match yeah. a single fiber. Hell on yeah. The Hell yeah. Make it a statement that and, Beanie Baby survived. Yeah. And I was just trying to hand sew the thing and it like Im- immediately fell apart. It was not, yeah. it was horrible. But then I hung on to the Beanie Baby for a while. It was still cute. Yeah, I mean it's got character to it. Um, did Paige? I've I've talked to Paige about this, but I I don't think I've ever gotten your perspective on it. Um, my 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 incredibly ingenious and insidious plot to infiltrate your home with uh with with one of my dog's toys. Uh, oh yes, no, I did hear about that. <laughs> and so what I okay, listeners, if if you have listened to I page recently was on the Raylo podcast. We talked about how we hadn't seen each other since February. Well, that February, when I was at your house, 
I stayed there for what, like three days? And Paige left me unsupervised for about mm, five minutes at one point in those three days. And, <laughs> and I had packed one of my dog's nastiest little lammies. It was it's ectoplasm lammy because it's bright fluorescent <laughs> mucus green. Absolutely. She she hates Babs's toys because Babs gets really nasty with it. And I feel bad because I don't want to throw them away because she loves them. They're her babies. Anyway, so she was mocking me saying that I couldn't throw away Babs's toys because I'm too soft hearted. So in revanche, I went to your home and in the five minutes she left me unsupervised, I hid it in a stack of beanie babies on her desk that she sits at for many hours every day in plain sight and it took her what almost a year to notice something like that a tragic amount of time (laughs) i even told her that i did something and she could not find it yeah (laughs) It, it took an unconscionable amount of time for either of us to notice that grungy ass ruined dog toy stuffed in among her desk decor. It was so crispy. <laughs> it was crunchy. And it did not used to be. No, it was at one point very soft. <laughs> but Babs, she get a nasty. Oh yeah. Speaking oh, of nasty, should we talk about something? Let's talk about something nasty today. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm Andrew, ready. Andrew, do you remember uh, what your episode was uh, the last time you were on? Do you remember the subject matter? Oh, of course. It was it was accounting for love. Mm-hmm. It, it was a book about a, a female accountant, an auditor who was auditing a, a man's farm. <laughs> There was this whole discrepancy we had about how the hell this woman was auditing a farm on her own, having been an accountant for less than a year or whatever. But that's <laughs> a former point. nurse, a former, a former nurse. nurse. She was like twenty three. Who had no training, and they're like, you know what? You got moxie. Go audit this whole ass farm. Um, yeah, no, I love I, that. I, that's what's like most important to you, and not like, you know, the whole thing with the the. God, was it corn? The silo of yeah, corn silo that he of wouldn't corn. sell? Yeah, Stetson. Goddamn yeah. Stetson wouldn't Stetson? sell his daddy's damn corn. Oh, God, so good. Well, I tortured you really good with that one. And I considered <laughs> torturing you again because um, I did get... So when I got my second dose of vaccine... <laughs> Yes, thank you. I should yes, be praised. Congratulations. Um, I, I, uh, I, optimistically, I was like, oh, I'm in CVS. They have a romance novel section. I should go pick up a paperback. I will be laid out for like a day mm-hmm. and I'll be a little bit groggy, maybe a, maybe a little bit under the weather. Right. I'll, perfect reading time for, for some good CVS fiction. <laughs> so I went to their section and V was with me and she was like, do you want the one about the like billionaire? And I was like, no. And she was like, do you want the one uh, about the other billionaire? And I was like, no. <laughs> and we pulled out one that was by Jennifer Ryan and it's got a cowboy in the front. And I was like, that's mine. And so I bought I bought the cowboy one. With my uh, CVS gift of like five dollars off for getting my COVID shot, uh, and so I paid like three bucks for it. It was wow. choice as hell. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I might do, I might do Andrew dirty and do him another cowboy one. <laughs> but then I was like, I can't do that. Like you made, you made our beautiful theme. I can only torture you once or every other time. <laughs> I so. do appreciate getting a little bit of leniency. <laughs> This time. I'm being abused the few times I show up for this podcast. Well, it also, I can't do it every time because then you'll come to expect it. And that will take the fun out of it for me. I will not get as much plaisir. 
Uh, <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, it's about, well, it's about me. It's not yeah. about you. <laughs> Let's not mince words. <laughs> all right. What do you think we're talking about today? You got any wild guesses? Wild guesses. Okay, well, if it's not cowboys, hmm. then I just haven't the foggiest. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I it, You literally, like... I've talked about some real wild shit on this podcast, fam. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you, it could be anything. Yes, it could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost, I could have done the spider one with you, but I also didn't do that one. I went, Andrew, I went so down the middle for you, buddy. I did this, I did this one for you. Ooh. Today, we are talking about fantasy. Fantasy? Fantasy. I love that January. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> that got me. That got me good, though. <laughs> yes, you you like you like fantasy. I've been to your apartment. I've seen your your nerd shit. Um, oh yeah, D and D, Magic the Gathering, the anything in that yeah. realm of pseudo medieval with a splash of magic. That's that's my yeah. <clears throat> and it's funny because I. I've been thinking about it a lot. This is going to be a little bit of a, of a patchwork episode because I, I didn't have any one. Well, I kind of had an idea for one book that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it, but I I thought it would be a more interesting conversation to talk to you about the kind of genre as a whole as it intersects with romance. Um, oh. And the, the truth is I really don't read a lot of, of what I would classify as a sort of higher fantasy. Sorry, I thought you were about to end your sentence that I really don't read a lot. <laughs> oh, no. I actually don't know how to read, um, and I've been fooling you all this whole time. I'm just an extremely prolific liar. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're good at either lying or reading. Uh, maybe both. Never find out which. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. Oh, we're gonna get into why I feel like I don't gravitate towards it, but I do. I love me some magic. Mm-hmm. I love me some quests. I love mm-hmm. me some found families. I love me some like weird politics shit. Mm-hmm. I like there. There's no reason why I shouldn't like it. So I've really been today specifically trying to like dig deep into myself and be like, okay, Abigail, what about like really complex fantasy? doesn't do it for you. But before we get to that, I want to hear about what you like about fantasy and what you think fantasy is. Like, if you could define, say, break it down, like, high fantasy, mid-fantasy, to then, like, I guess we get into, like, the crossover of, like, urban fantasy, which is, like, fantasy but in a modern world, right? Right. Yeah, I would say, well, first and foremost, my experience with fantasy is is primarily in the worlds of Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. So you get mm-hmm. primarily a lot of this medieval, high, very high magic in most cases. So, so magic is just thoroughly prevalent everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the whole gambit. I think what I appreciate most about specifically that sort of medieval fantasy is it tends to boil down a lot to the characters and almost everything can become a quest because Mm -hmm. when you have modern technology and even when you get a little crazy with the magic and say, oh, you have communication magic that basically works like cell phones, then something as simple as getting a message to somebody 
is nothing. It's okay, done. Now where's the adventure? But in a medieval fantasy where that sort of communication isn't available, just getting a message to somebody becomes an entire quest. And it's very easy to then focus on the quest when the end result is so mundane. It's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. we, here's, a, here's a letter. I got to get it to this, this person. But look at all the stuff I have to get through just to get this letter to this person. Well, clearly that means the letter is important. Um, but, but it gives you the opportunity to, to really focus step by step on, on the journey itself. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like being able to dive in, especially in Dungeons and Dragons. Sometimes it's nice to fast forward stuff or explain away something very quickly and say, okay, yeah, you hired a courier and he took care of it or whatever. But I really love the role play element of anything you want to do requires you to have some input, to have some role playing, to do some problem solving. And that probably slows things down a little bit. <laughs> I try not to slow things down too crazy much on the minutia. But um, but that particular setting uh, really allows for anything to become a very thorough role-playing experience or a very complex quest. So I think that's what attracts me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fact, usually uh, incorporating at least a little bit of magic is fun because especially as a as a dungeon master who does a lot of creative writing for, oh he's a master I'm the I'm the I'm the goddamn master <laughs> of this dungeon <laughs> the dungeon being this closet temporarily it usually um, is let's be real yeah. <laughs> a closet yes. or a basement right um so I yeah so I I DM I, I dungeon mm-hmm. master for for a group and we've been in a campaign for the past 10 months and as a DM, it is very convenient to just say, oh, this works because of magic. Yeah. There's magic, and it magicked, and that's why it did that. Um, so as a story, you know, as a storytelling, you can't lean on that too much. That gets really yeah. old really quickly mm-hmm. if uh, there's no limitation or there's no explanation or it just removes challenges or obstacles because you were running out of space or whatever. Um but you can do such incredible things with magic, obviously, because in theory it's limitless, and mm-hmm. we and we don't really we, we don't have that. <laughs> so yeah, so it really allows yeah. you to explore. It's what sets it apart, as opposed to just being a grungy, dirty. You're a bunch of uh, people who don't take showers and are trying to travel from one city to the next on horseback, and that's that's the story. Um, it's fun yeah. when you can say, "But there's a wizard." And the wizard can can do some cleaning magic, and uh, that's why you don't smell like shit all day, every day. You know, I appreciate that. Because, like, one thing, here's the thing. I don't read romance for, like, the realism, one might mm, say. Sure. Um, And so there are things that, much like the heavier topics I've talked about here before on the podcast, which is, like, for instance, using uh, sexual assault as a, as a like, plot point. Yeah. Hey, I could wicked live without that mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you'd be shocked how much of that is in like every romance novel um so so many of them have some element of it in there like boldly it'll just be like yeah yeah somebody his tragic story is that he was a sex slave for like a hundred years or something and it's like do we have to like do we have to yeah. uh, anyway in that vein there are other more mundane things that i could live without going to the bathroom for instance right. bo 
shaving. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these things that, like, are cooking, having to cook for myself all the time, having to figure out what to eat for dinner. Like, mundane human shit. I don't read romance novels for that. In the same way, it is really nice to have magic just be like, and there you go. Yeah, it's taken care of. It all happens off screen. (laughs) <laughs> like J.K. Rowling, who said that uh, prior to the invention of toilets, that uh, wizards would just poop their pants wherever they were and then magic it away. <laughs> this is an anti-J.K. Rowling podcast, in case you were wondering, but I do love that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think... The no-turf zone. Right. Thank you very much, Miss <laughs> Rowling. Um, yeah, uh, but like... <laughs> I, I, And I... Again... That's all that's all stuff I like. Like I love the emotional journey. The reason I read books is because I care about characters. I don't really care where they are or what they're doing, really. It's all just kind of framework. If if it, the characters don't have an interesting internal journey, I don't really give a shit. Sure. Um that's why I read romance specifically, I think, is just because like, yeah, I I want the people in the story to have a happy ending. I want them to find fulfillment. I want, I want, don't be wrong, I want a lot of angst. I'm reading a book today. It hurty. It hurty a lot. The whole book is about pain. Ooh. And I'm feeling it. It's like Ooh. 400 pages of pure, uncut ow. Oh. Um, <laughs> that sounds like but, a jolly good time. <laughs> but hey, it's, they're tracking down somebody who's, who's killing little kids and like taking the brains out. And they're falling in love at the same time. <laughs> well, that's neat. You yeah. Know, but they're going to have a happy ending. Yeah, of course. <laughs> nice to shoehorn that So the kids who got their... It's, anyway, I'm like five books deep into Nalini Singh's Side Changeling series and I can't stop. Anyway, it's the whole thing. It's, yeah. Um, but... I think you I think you did a great job explaining kind of like the the main principles of like fantasy which are like pretty eurocentric medieval set most of the time mm-hmm. um or with elements of it uh I know that there's um been a wave of like sort of like celtic uh uh like druidic sort of um mythology has been woven into a lot of uh, fantasy in, in the past like 10 years which as before it was a lot of um, Tolkien-esque, like very, this is just England. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. They've definitely been expanding or, their their roots quite a bit, which is refreshing. Yeah, and I there's been a lot of, um, with The Witcher, that's based on like uh, primarily what uh, Eastern Europeans, particularly Polish right, um, yeah. uh, history. So, but it's very Eurocentric. Like we don't have a whole lot of fantasy, at least in the West, that's been translated uh, that is like set in like ancient China, right? Like or, or a facsimile of ancient China. Um, please, I want that. If please, um, but there's there's always magic. It wouldn't be fantasy without magic. It would just be like weird historical fiction, I guess. Um, right. Uh, and and there is it's character focused, it's adventure driven. Um, and in a lot of these stories, we have a thread of romance somewhere in there. I would say most of them have a thread of romance in there somewhere. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Lord of the Rings and Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> in particular. <laughs> Um, but it's it's oh it's usually like there's found family in there. It's about a crew of misfits who got to save the world, doing what they do best, which is getting into trouble. Um, and again, those are all things I like. So, Andrew, why don't I like? Why don't you like? 
I don't I like Come it. Come on, Abigail. This is not making sense to me. I think I think it's because two things. I don't care to read anything that's not romance or nonfiction at this point. Okay. Um, or I like reading nonfiction. That is to say, I read romance and nonfiction, and that's pretty much it. Uh-huh. Um, and and I, I want I want romance to be the focus. And there's there is definitely high high fantasy in particular that has romance as the focus of the story. Um, like particularly Emma Ham's books are really really good about that, and they have some really interesting world building in her books. I think also it is, I get like wicked super bored <laughs> um, when like the characters and their relationship with each other isn't the main focus of. I'm going to be honest, almost every page of that book. (laughs) Like, if you give me, like, ten pages of political systems or, like, magic system Mm -hmm. or, like, travel time or, like, what his cloak looks like, I'm done. I've left. I've hung up the call. I've put my eye mask on. (laughs) And I've gone to sleep. (laughs) That I don't blame you. They can get... (laughs) pretty damn granular with the because they've constructed a world that, that's yeah. the trick is that sometimes sometimes you just you just want to sneak in a little explanation of what went on behind the screen mm-hmm. and you just want to like don't you appreciate it don't you like how much thought i put into this pay attention pay attention to this real quick and and just as a as a reader or a player you're like you know what i just don't care I, I'm just, sure it's great. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so happy for you. I love that for you. <laughs> also, this book is like 600 fucking pages long, and I care about maybe 250 of those pages. Right. Uh, and, and that's, and I get it. I totally get it. I think we all fall in love with our own stuff. And I think this is not to say that this is a criticism of the genre at all. It's a genre that so many people love and so many people have found so much joy in and so much comfort in into mm-hmm. slipping into a world that is so fleshed out. Um, and I, I've, I've read some and, and, and deeply enjoy it. Um, but I think where, where it takes me over the edge is, is the romance not being the main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, onboarding, sometimes a little bit of trouble, a little bit of trouble with the onboarding of the reader. Um, and this is something I, I think about a lot as a writer is how to immediately, subtly, and um, without the reader knowing, fully immerse a reader into the rules of the world that they are now existing in. Sure. Um, and I think because there is so much world building going on and because things can get incredibly elaborate, there are so many rules, authors who write high fantasy typically... I was going to come out and say, if bitch, if you have to write a prologue about how the world came about, you've already misstepped. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I have learned my lesson. You know, I can't, I, I'm tragically not well read, but I can definitely speak from a ridiculous amount of writing and playing of Dungeons and Dragons. I mm-hmm. have learned my lesson about long paragraphs of, of scene setting. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I have looked over to find pages on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> while while we're in the middle of a session, I go, oh, that's smart. <laughs> ouch, but ouch. I get it. Sometimes yeah. it's just too much. It's just too much, and it needs to come out as part of the storytelling. It cannot just be a history lesson at the beginning. It, it has to be a lived experience for the reader, right? right? That's right. what I've learned. It has to be a lived experience. Um, and some people, I think people who, who learn differently than me probably have no problem with 
like being inundated with all of this information at once. I personally, my brain can't handle that. And I, I think that's just the way my my like learning is. And that's what you're doing when you're picking up a book like this for the first time is you're learning. You're, you're going to school for this mm-hmm. world for the first couple of chapters. Sure. Um, and I, I really struggle. I cannot contain that information. I cannot like, I can't focus after paragraph two. I'm, I can't. I, you give me no foothold. <laughs> um, one genre that I say I does really well with this, but is in a lot of ways, and I think most ways, fantasy and sci-fi are just exactly the same thing, right? They're ex- you have to do exactly the same things, tell the exact same stories for the most part in both genres that are by all rights entirely separate. Um, if you're doing like hard sci-fi, you have to explain the fuck out of the world you're building. Um, yeah. about how ed- the rules of the world, how things work, how how different races work. The same exact stuff you have to do with high fantasy if do with hard sci-fi. And I don't enjoy a lot of hard sci-fi because I think the relationship stuff has a tendency to really get done get lost again. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the same reasons. However, I would say I think hard sci-fi is better at onboarding people like me who are like, okay, just get to it. I'll learn as I go. Gotcha. Um, I don't doesn't make it bad in any capacity, but like that's where I get that's where I get lost. Yeah, I I completely understand, and I and I I definitely get the comparison of sci-fi to fantasy because it's basically the same thing, just with different technology and or magic mm-hmm. levels. Um, yeah, no, I can agree with you, and I I also don't like when when relationships get buried, and especially if they tease at something that just never gets fleshed out, or it, mm-hmm. it's fleshed out in that they kiss at the end. I'm like, okay, well yeah. that you know I can extrapolate how they felt mm-hmm. about each other and, and how things developed. But, but I honestly prefer when they get it, you know, when they dedicate like a portion of a, a chapter, you know, a couple chapters or a portion of each chapter just on, on their relationship and how they're feeling, whether it be among friends or, uh, or lovers or whatever it is. I think it's nice. I think like, I, I don't, I, as a, as a human person, I don't exist in a world that is a vacuum. My relationships don't exist in a vacuum. Dialogue doesn't exist in a vacuum. No conversation a human has in this world or any other exists in a vacuum of space and time. You are never going to read a scene between two human beings or otherwise, two sentient beings, I suppose I should say. (laughs) uh, Be inclusive. And and, uh, not learn something new about that world and how they exist in the world in every single scene. Um. If you're doing your job right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'm, you know, I'm not to say that I am sort of any expert in that. The jury's still freaking out on that business. <laughs> but I, I do think that in that sense, if you don't have those touchstones, if you think it's not important, if you think that the reader is not going to learn about the world, if you're predisposed to thinking the reader is not going to learn about the world in those moments, then you cut them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there's... It, no one's excited for the fluff. They just start skimming the page like, okay, when do they get to the content again? When is there something meaningful here? Yeah. You don't need three lines about them greeting each other unless you're able to infuse it with some sort of emotion that, that the reader benefits from. But Yeah, yeah emotion and like cultural context and mm-hmm. and like 
uh, interpersonal context and lived experience context like that that character should have all of that because that's what people have right even if you were like born in a cave and existed existed as some like nasty animal person for your whole life and then you like wandered into uh, a sci-fi novel uh like i guess brave new world that's just brave new world the thing that i just said actually um <laughs> you 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 have context for your life everything you do everything you say every word you you say every sound that comes out of your mouth every gesture you make with your hands is colored by your experiences and that should say something about this crazy ass bonkers bananas world that you have created as a writer um and i personally what i want to get out of that of course is something very specific i want somebody to fall in love i want somebody to smooch and i want somebody to get a happily ever after or, or a happily for now um you know, but but even if I don't get that, like I, I think this is something that uh, George R. R. Martin is really really good at is he makes his stories intensely personal, um, right. <laughs> and so like you're seeing the world through the eyes of every character. So many characters, <laughs> um, like too many maybe George, I don't, <laughs> you know, but it's fine. Um, the only reason I had to stop reading his books and watching. Uh, uh, Game of Thrones is was because of, well, there was a extraordinary amount of violence against women in those those books. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw probably the first season, I think, or something like that. But yeah, 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 yeah. just a lot. Every time a woman didn't have something to do on screen, she was getting <laughs> brutalized somewhere. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was bad. Oh, we got it was a, about bad. twenty more minutes of this episode to kill. What do we do? <laughs> Yeah, what are we talking about? Who's still in makeup? (laughs) So, I mean, this is why, like, also, I think you'll find so much of, like, high fantasy has been dominated by men uh, in the past. Um, And, yeah, that's a thread in there is that it, there's a, they don't really think much of thrown in and somebody needs a little background color throwing a little assault somewhere. Um, but then again, you know, I will say that usually the excuse is like, well, it's historically accurate. Bitch, you're right, wizards. Right. <laughs> I had, okay, this, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to bring this back to Harry Potter because I haven't talked about Harry Potter this much in forever, but like, I guess it's on my mind. Huh? Um, I had a conversation with a coworker years ago uh, when I think like this, I guess it would be the second uh, Fantastic Beast movie was coming out. Because mm-hmm. they haven't released the third one, so it had to be a second. And um, I was, I saw the movie and I was like, uh, annoyed, one might say, uh-huh. by the uh, implication of the relationship between Albus Dumbledore and uh, his, his nemesis slash the love of his life, um, who was a man. Mm-hmm. And And they were like, they did the thing where you saw them like, weirdly hold hands for an intense second and then that was it and that was their like representation of like i guess you're just supposed to know that they boned or whatever and they loved each other and now one of them's evil and one of them's dumbledore who's also evil <laughs> um and i had this conversation with my coworker where i was like this is the lame as hell <laughs> sucks like, i'm not asking for them to like bone on screen but <laughs> but they did it in such a way that it was so clearly meant to be like okay if somebody who is like a conservative mom from Illinois is going to watch this, 
they would willfully not see it. Right. They, they walked the line between being like somebody of a certain disposition is going to look at this and see straight people. Yeah, just who good are just bud. buddies. How? Yeah, just, just guys being just, dudes. Just dudes being buds <laughs> to holding hands and touching wieners. You yeah, know, whatever. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's what you do with your buds and your pals. Yeah, you know, uh, when you're in the mood. Mm. Um, but uh, but also to appease the 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 people who wanted Dumbledore to be gay because that's what J.K. Rowling had been saying for years. Um, at the same time, of course, I had this conversation with my 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 coworker, and she was a, an older woman um, who who was like, "Well, I mean, I thought it was fine, and also, you know, it just makes sense." And I was like, well, "What do you mean it makes sense?" She's like, "Well, they wouldn't be out with it," and I was like, "Why?" And she goes, well, it's the 1920s in England. They wouldn't be out with it. And I was like, they're wizards! <laughs> they're goddamn wizards. They're fighting dragons and what all. They can teleport wherever they want, and they've canonically shit their pants. <laughs> Nothing matters. Make them gay, Janice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I fully agree. I mean, the, it's, a, it's a, a weirdly fine line to walk between... Um, being so casual about representation mm-hmm. that it comes off as, uh, you know, oh, that wasn't real. Like you've hardly mentioned it. It, it didn't really yeah. even come up. So how are we supposed to know? And trying really, really hard to include just, just, just enough, just enough, but, but really tone it back and not, not really actually confirm anything. And and it was, yeah, as you said, it's like nothing. It's nothing. It's it's worse than if you if they just made him straight. Because then it's like it's it's an insult. Um, and it's yeah. like, oh great, you thought we wouldn't notice that you threw us breadcrumbs like we are pigeons on the street. Thank you. Right. I mean, you, uh, you're ignore. They're they're willing willfully ignoring a huge element of his relationship with this other character. And yeah. if they wanted that to be the case and you were telling the story of this character, there's no fucking goddamn way you weren't going to actually include some meat there about no. their interactions and their relationship. So clearly you don't care, you know? And not- then, like, indignation of being t- saying for, like, 10 years that Dumbledore is gay. He's gay, he's gay, he's gay. I It, was, it wasn't in the books because it's a book about Harry Potter and, like, these kids and whatever. It just didn't come up. Why would it come up? He was a teacher. It's no big deal. It uh-huh. just wasn't a thing. Okay. okay, cool. The moment it came time to put their money where their mouth was, it was like, oh, he's gay? He's kind of, he's thinking about it. He's gay-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. He held a word. man's hand, yeah. and that was a little suspect, if yeah. you ask me. That's kind of um, gay. It was a little guy. It was a little gay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so, I don't know if you remember how we got started on this rant, but I just, I fucking hate that. It pissed me off so bad. They're fucking, it's, there's magic, there's dragons, it's 1920s, there was a rhino in the middle of, like, fucking Central Park. I, don't, don't come at me and tell me that it's outlandish that two men would be openly gay. I'm just. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I would say that's, that's an, that's an odd challenge for a fantasy setting. Because yeah. in a fantasy setting where you have dragons and exploding magic and all sorts of insanity, um, mm-hmm. something as mundane as a dude liking a dude in a gay way uh, isn't exactly news, but it's still important to represent. It's still important yeah. to discuss. Um, in a similar because the vein, people reading it, like yeah, because it's obviously because it's for the normal people who are yeah. reading it, as opposed to the wizards who are dancing uh-huh. around on the screen or in the book. 
yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's hugely important. And it's, you know, it's, it's obviously not impossible because people do it all the time and no. I do it all the time in my, in my D and D settings. Um, but it's an interesting challenge when you consider things like, you know, uh, racial disparities, uh, would be very different in a fantasy universe where you have elves and ogres and gorgons and giants and, and mm-hmm. well, you know, 5,000 different races. Suddenly, the color of a human's skin is pretty goddamn mundane. Um, and mm-hmm. yet, it's still important to have representation and to to make a point of not burying anything without... Uh, just using race or sexuality as like an exclamation mark, like, Oh, check this out. And then move on immediately. You know, it's gotta be natural. And that's, that's how representation representation should be. I think. I think a really, I, I, I totally agree with you. I also think that, um, a good example of this in the opposite direction of it going bad is Mm -hmm. we, in our orgasms episode, which is ages ago now, um, I talked about how I went on this journey of discovering that uh, orcs as a fantasy trope, as a fantasy race, have a pretty fucking racist origin. Um, Mm -hmm. And what that means now uh, for readers and, 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 um, you know, players, I guess, also, and how it's kind of kind of flown under the radar. It's been pointed out, but people have kind of decided that it's so far away from the origin that at this point in the cultural consciousness that it kind of is like, yeah, it sucks and we should acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But also, for the most part, people are like, it's it's they are something different now. That being said, in that case, it's like, OK, yes, we have this fantasy setting where something like race within like humans which is skin color essentially for the most part um means almost nothing and 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 it's like oh yeah because like there are like orcs and shit and stuff well yes but to the real life readers how you are portraying those orcs for instance is as a very in real life racially coded race of sure. animalistic savage killers right. who are inherently born evil and who <laughs> according to Tolkien had some terrible I will not repeat it because it was bad but he'd said some really bad shit about people from Mongolia oh. and I, <laughs> it was gnarly uh, it was gnarly mm. and he used the word type in a very yeah you know you that's know that's a dangerous word yes <laughs> types is in capital t mm. um so so i i in the same way that representation matters because of the reader how we represent even even the the magical races who are so totally separate from from the humans who would be reading it right um has real world consequences and it, it it has we are basing everything as writers and as creators on what we know in our world inevitably i've i've read um charlie jane anders uh recently came out with a book called victory is greater than death and it's a queer space opera found family bonanza wow uh it's fantastic she's a damn delight um and and um uh, there was an interview where she talked about how um, 
one of the pitfalls of creating a a space opera with all these different races and stuff and trying to make it inclusive and represent her world and people she cares about in real life um, was realizing that she and many, many other sci-fi writers kind of inherently accidentally lean on really fucking problematic tropes um and and descriptions mm-hmm. without without even thinking about it for like races that are inherently evil or warlike um and in the same way when you know sci-fi writers and 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 I think high fantasy writers are are kind of coming to the same conclusions now we're seeing a lot of like Taking it back to Star Trek, as I do, and I'm also wearing a Star Trek shirt. Ooh, there you go. Starfleet Academy. Um, If you go back to the early, early, early episodes, like, the, (laughs) like, man, the, the bad races are all, like, and it's like it's like really grim. It's like really, really grim. Um, and and I think we have started. We're at, we've made a good deal of progress moving towards those kind of knee jerk reactions of making like stories based on archetypes that have been ingrained in us mm-hmm. um, by uh, shitty people in a in a culture that is deeply flawed. Yes. yes. Um, but you know, yeah, it's 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 a very sticky issue. Um, and, and not to not to be too grim about it, but like there's more work to do. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we're not even close. We're you? much closer than we have been. But yeah, it's not even not even remotely close. Um, and even you know, it's super easy to just fall on things accidentally. You know, I even in my yeah. in my D and D setting, I'm all about trying to break the mold on different races. Uh, mm-hmm being different than what you expect them to be having you know mm-hmm. a very intelligent uh merchant who is a goblin it's just a really mm-hmm. smart uh, really you know outspoken goblin or whatever but 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 when i have to like improvise i just fall hard on those like defaults okay goblin stupid uneducated loud really talkative uh doesn't know what's going on and and, mm-hmm. and it's even even something as simple as that uh has unfortunate undertones. <laughs> it's easy to explain away because you're like, well, we have elves and we have all these other things that are really, you know, we have elephant folk, these loxodons. So, you know, you, you get the whole gambit of, of yeah. race. But something as simple as that, it's disappointing to catch yourself and to go, you yeah. know what? That shouldn't be the case. It's not hugely problematic because it's not like you're, you, you know, impacting other people's lives directly with your decisions. <laughs> But it's still ingrained, and that's just it's, that's unfortunate. It doesn't have to be malicious to hurt. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think a, a lot of tiny paper cuts add up to one one big cut, right? And sure. and it's it, it behooves us to be self aware. And you're gonna get it wrong. Like I, as <laughs> as like a cisgendered white person, right. uh, who is who is uh, you know able bodied and. I has half a brain yeah. <laughs> at least and and who has had the fortune of of growing up in a very privileged society like um you know I fall into this you know the patterns that have been ingrained in me and that I don't think of right mm-hmm. you don't think outside of your own tribe uh or right. or your your brain reflexively doesn't want to do that you have to train yourself to do otherwise yeah and as storytellers 
it it is more reflected because we make a product that comes entirely from ourselves. Exactly. Um, and that that is where the trap lies. Um, I think like a lot of people can get away with not ever seeing that part of themselves so clearly reflected as we do. You're because right. it's like, yeah, oh, oh, dang. Yeah, there's no people of color here. That's, huh. Oof. Damn. Yep. What the that, fuck? That wouldn't um, have been the case if it were truly random. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 mm, mm, mm. Yeah. uh, but you know, there's, that is to say, I think we're hitting a new wave of high fantasy. Um, I see it in the bookstore. I see an uh, sci-fi too, this like wave of much more inclusive, much more, not to say thoughtful, like, like that stuff before it wasn't thoughtful, but thoughtful towards the readers, I think, mm-hmm. unless the, the, their own world that they're creating. I think there's a very, there's more awareness as to the impact of what they're writing. And that's good and bad, you know. Uh, I think we kind of, there's there's a debate there, but I think broadly it's a very good thing. Sure. Um, because we're getting more creative stories that reflect more people, and that's wonderful. Um, I can't imagine um, loving a genre and never seeing myself reflected in it ever, you know. Man. Man, everybody reads. Right. Everybody reads. Everybody deserves books where they can see themselves, man. Um, and so we should support people who do that. But yeah. I wanted to list some some books. I don't read a lot of high fantasy. In fact, I'd say my friends love me very much. They <laughs> have Good given stuff. me books to read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... They've given me many books to read. I have not had time to read any of them in like the last two months because I've been extremely fucking busy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been all like, okay, what can I make a podcast episode out of? Because that's all I have time for. Sure. Um, and spoilers, the reason I can't make a podcast episode out of some of these, in fact, most of these, is because they are not romance. Um, mm. Or the romance is like, tertiary yeah you know it's like low down right um and and so like half my to be read list is like high fantasy of a sort Uh and it's it's scaring me like a little bit because i like like i said i get very overwhelmed and i'm looking at it like that's like a 600 page book and i there's limited smooching I can um, count the smooches on one hand. This is not acceptable. <laughs> this sucks. The ratio's all off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, I have read some some pretty bodacious uh, high fantasy romances. Um, I was just pulling like what I had on my shelf and, and what I could remember that I'd read in the past couple of years. Um, I've mentioned it before in the podcast, Ruby Dixon's uh, Bound to the Battle God, an absolutely fucking buck wild tale. Um, I don't, I think if I were to ask her, she would probably consider it sci-fi because that's how she'd do. But in the context of how the character experiences the world, it is very much high fantasy. Um, and that this is, I, I, I don't know if it counts if the character, the, one of the main characters is like from the modern world and then is plopped into a world. I don't know if that taints it a little bit from being high fantasy, but like. Oh, no, that's still. Totally. Fan- I mean, you just now have a character who has very different expectations, so you're you're experiencing a you know it's an outsider, um, so you're not getting yeah. a tale of somebody who's used to this world. But someone being plopped into a world they're not used to that's that's a total fantasy trope. Yeah. 
It's, it's, it's fucking, I've talked about it before and I like, I, it's like a 600 page book. She's got two of them. Bound to the Battle God and I think Bound to the Dark God or something like that. Type, something, something. Um, and it's, ba- it, as a quick rundown, Andrew, let me just break this down for you. Okay. This woman from our modern world, like, basically walks through her apartment wall one night and ends up in a fantasy style world where like the rules are totally different it's sort of medieval ish there are like huge slave markets and like mm-hmm. magic shit everywhere and and whatever and she has um she has just arrived on the day when uh or not the day i guess it's two days later the the all of the gods are supposed to fall from the heavens <laughs> they are supposed to be split into four aspects of themselves um, and they are supposed to kill the other aspects of themselves. So each aspect represents a sin, essentially. So like greed, lust, deception, arrogance. Huh. Um, and they have to bind themselves. Each one of these aspects have to bind themselves to a human. And that human is supposed to help them survive and kill the other ones and absorb them. Yes. And the aspect that survives is the one who then goes on to be the dominant version of the god until the next time they are cast down. Oh, interesting. Um, I like that. So the the main character <laughs> is to save her hide, she volunteers without realizing what she's volunteering for to be the aspect uh, or to be the anchor to the aspect of of the battle god, uh, who is his aspect is that he is arrogance personified, um, oh. and so he is the fucking worst person. <laughs> He's terrible. Oh, no. um, and she has to teach him like, hey, I think your followers are trying to kill you. Like, I don't think they want you around. They want, like, another version of you to win. We need to go. And he's like, what are you talking about? My followers would never yeah. kill me. And they, like, immediately try and kill them both. Uh, and then it's, like, it's what it's fucking buck wild. It's this whole, like, trek is they're, like, trying to assassinate the different versions themselves and then running into the different versions of the other gods and, like, the people who are trying to kill them. And, like, it's fucking crazy all over the place. Um, That one... It's a romance novel. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> um, and then I would say The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, which is YA uh, and queer. Um, fantastic. Uh, it's it's about like a runaway empress and a, and a I, I believe, I, it's been a while since I've read it, a um, non-binary uh, captain of a um, like a pirate ship who like smuggles the, the empress out and they like fall in love and it's like a whole thing and there's like mermaids and shit and it's wild. Um, and then we have An Enchantment of Ravens by Margaret Rogerson which was uh, recommended to me by a friend of the pod Amalia Dillon. Um, fantastic. Here's what I like about that. Two things. It has fae in it which is very fantasy. Very fantasy. Um, it's set in this like um little pocket universe essentially where the it's like where the fae exist and the fae have dominion but there's this tiny little enclave of humans who live there and the humans are allowed to live there in their own little town because they are um the only people who can make things they can do what's called craft capital c and that is literally anything from making clothes to cooking to to uh painting to like anything you can think of and the fairies if they do those things if they do craft capital c they die it kills them it's like a god 
auto death, just insta death, <laughs> dead. Um, so they, but they covet pretty things. They cover ch- the changeable nature of humans. So mm-hmm. when a human comes around who can make something beautiful, they they will trade enchantments for for those things. Huh. Um, and the humans know that. The fairies are inherently super dangerous and are always trying to wiggle out around a deal or like change the terms. Mm. Um, so the main character is a portrait painter who uh, is is renowned amongst all the fae folk um, for these gorgeous portraits she paints. She's about seventeen, and it's written honestly. <laughs> it's she's written as like seventeen, but it's in that like voice that's like okay, she could be anywhere between t- seventeen and thirty. Right, like she is like <laughs> so grown up. This might as well be an adult romance novel. There's just no sex on the page. Um, but uh, so she she's she's renowned. This uh uh, Fay Prince comes to town one day. He's a summer prince, and he asked her to paint his portrait and over that time she kind of notices that he's like different from all the other fae he's he's more emotive he has he has feeling and that's very unusual um and she kind of crushes on him like a little bit she's like oh he's been sitting on my seti for like two weeks i've been painting him and he's like gorgeous and he actually feels things (sighs) but on the last day just before she's about to finish his portrait um she notices something in his eyes and, and she's like ah that can't be right but She's like, you know, the, the portrait doesn't look right without that thing that I saw. So I need to paint that in there. I have to. I'm an artist. I have to. And so she paints it. And she gives it to him and he leaves. Uh, and it's her her wee heart is broken. Her crush has left her. They had a connection. Had a connection. Um, but he, he leaves her. And um, he, then he comes back. And then he does come back about a few weeks later. Mm. And she's like, oh, my God, he came back for me. Except he's, like, super fucking pissed. Like, I'm going to kill you right now. Or I'm going to drag you back to my court and put you on trial and execute you for what you've done to me. And she's like, what did I do, fam bam? And he's like, you painted sorrow in my portrait. You gave me a weakness. So, yeah, so it becomes, like, this, like, horrible road trip where he's dragging her through the <laughs> land to bring her back oh, no. to his court to stand trial. And they just keep encountering all these, like, terrible things um, and, and like, falling in, and actually falling in love as opposed to, like, her just crush. It's right. so good. The second thing I love about it, besides all of that, is that it is a standalone which is so rare. It's oh. it's a it's a relatively short book. It's like 300 pages long. It's a standalone. And Margaret Rogerson has a has a, another one that's also a fantasy um, called Sorcery of Thorns. God, I hope that's right. Um, <laughs> that is set in a enchanted library full of the most dangerous books uh, known to man. That are all the books are like bound with human skin and like contain like like magic and shit. Um, and, and she's like, it's like a whole thing. Um, very good. Also romantic, less romance than, than Enchantment of Ravens. Hmm. I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think Stardust by Neil Gaiman counts? Stardust? Uh, I, I, I think I don't know what you're talking about. Evan. <sighs> Sorry. Is wow. It, this isn't, is this wow. a book you gave to me? No, oh. no, <laughs> no. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have regretted you if I had. Yeah. No one reads anything I give to them. No, uh, it's <laughs> it's. It, uh, there was a movie made with. Um, oh well, shit. Hmm. Can't remember literally any of the actors except for Robert De Niro, and he plays a uh, Captain Shakespeare, uh, a pirate on like an airboat. 
it's about uh, like a, in the like 1800s or whatever the fuck. Probably not. Probably early 1900s. Um, a young man lives in a town called Wall, and it's against a wall. It's in a wall. Oh, against a wall. There's it's against a wall, and the, on the other side of the wall is like the fairy land, um, and he. On a quest to win the heart of the young woman he wishes to marry, who's arrogant and and cruel and doesn't see him for who he is. He's just a shop boy. Um, he goes to fetch her the fallen star, the, the meteorite that has fallen on the other side of the wall. Oh. And when he crosses over the wall, he realizes that the meteorite is not a meteorite. It is a woman. Oh. Um, and he is intent on bringing that woman to his beloved <laughs> as he promised um and in the meantime he gets caught up in this like ascension battle for the throne of the realm and all this like fairy magic and stuff so i don't think that counts as high fantasy it's probably somewhere in the middle because like there's also some steampunk elements to it but oh, the book yeah. is more high fantasy than i'd call it is. fantasy maybe not like a high magic fantasy but yeah um Hey, here's this lady I found. She fell from the sky, landed in the desert. Uh, will you love me? That sounds pretty fantasy to me. <laughs> One of the funniest parts of the book and the movie is her literally saying that exact thing to me. She's like, oh, yes, I'm sure your your beloved fiancé will so enjoy the gift of a woman you're bringing her. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Um. And we also have a deadly education, which I have not read yet. It's been on my list. It's, again, my TBR is like so big, but that one looks really good. I started reading the first couple of pages in the bookstore, and I was like, "Okay, cool. I have to read this book." Um, it's about uh, like a magic school where uh, this one of the the main character. It, everyone knows that this person is going to end up being a villain, and they treat them as such. Um, except for the hero of the school who is always barging in to save them when something happens. And the, the villain fucking hates their guts. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe you've disrespected me this way. Everyone's going everyone's gonna to look at me like I'm weak. And the reason is because the hero has a, has a crush on them <laughs> and just wants to be near them. Um, and the second book is coming out soon, I think. Um, and we also have The Wolf and the Woodsman, which is, a, is definitely a high fantasy about, like, women who can, like, have, like, magic and shit in, like, a forest where the trees can walk away and they have to be tied down every night. Oh, um, yeah, It's fucking wild. I read the first couple of chapters when I got my COVID shot because I, I could not read the cowboy book because um, I could not focus. And so I was like, maybe I can read some high fantasy. I don't know why I thought that logic was anything that wasn't. It takes more effort to read high fantasy. Yeah, uh, that also... It's a very, it sounds like a very good book that I, July is my TBR month. We'll see how far I get. Mm, okay. <sighs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, you got any, uh, you got any fantasy Rex? Who boy. Uh, maybe I should have prepared. Um, I didn't let you, so I wouldn't get too, too up in your business. I did have it. no heads up, but I will yeah. say. Um, I have read the majority of my reading at this point has now been the Magic the Gathering novels, which I have. I think I mentioned this last time. I'm sure I did. Um, Your nerd shit. Yeah, yeah, my nerd shit. So my nerd shit's pretty good. I have to say, some of it's <laughs> bad, but some of it's pretty good. Um, yeah. So if you're interested, especially if you, uh, well, especially especially if you like Magic the Gathering or are are interested in uh, trying to get into it, um, but even if you're not, if you especially like definitely fantasy and want to sort of ease into some 
very sh- some much shorter you know e novellas uh, that are mostly either wrapped up in like five chapters of blog posts basically um mm-hmm. uh the wizards of the coast uh, posts a lot just a ridiculous amount of stories on their magic the gathering website you can go there and you can you can just look at their stories and they have gone i think they've gone back to doing those uh, electronic posts um so there is a treasure trove of Magic the Gathering novels if you wanted to actually get them electronically or, or, or paper. Um, and if you wanted to start a little smaller and were interested in trying to learn about the universe and, and the, the, the world, um, you can find a ton of, of fun fantasy on the Magic the Gathering website. You just go and click on story and... You can click a, a plane. Usually it's, it's always tied to a release of a particular expansion or a set. Um, and so if any setting seems particularly interesting, they have Amonkhet, which is sort of Egyptian-themed. They have Theros, which is more Greek-themed. They have uh, tons of stuff. Um, so I think, I think there's something for everybody there if you wanted to dip your toe into some fantasy uh, by some... Uh, some some great authors. Yeah, yeah, that all sounds good and very accessible too, which very. is kind of. I think also what's what's fun about those things and like the tie-ins is it gives people a really good foothold. People who are not necessarily like like me, for instance, I get intimidated when I see something as like a really big series mm-hmm. and like the books are fucking dense store stoppers and I'm like, bitch, I who's got the time? I got to read like so many books a week. <laughs> like I have to read so many books a week. And like, you think that I can afford to read all of those? I can't. Yeah. So when it's like, it's nice when you can kind of dip your toes into like novellas or digital releases and, and like short stories and stuff like that. And um, I think it can really help smooth the transition over to like, okay, now I feel like I know the world. I feel like I, I, I exist in this world and I can, I can grasp things much easier. I'm comfortable here. It feels like less of a time commitment. Like, I feel like every time I look at, Say like a Brandon Sanderson novel, right? Which the Discord was recommending earlier today. Mm. Love y'all. Bitch, those things are too fucking long. (laughs) I look at them and I'm like, cool. I have to learn about the world. I have to start to care about the characters. And then I've got to read like a 700-page novel like five times. Because there's a bunch of fucking books. You might as well be asking me to go back to college. (laughs) I'm not into that. You're telling me also that I don't even get to watch people smooch, really? Ugh. Nary a smooch to be found. It's like college, except I don't get the validation of being my teacher's favorite. It's like, <laughs> fucking lame. No one gives you a high five or a good grade. It's just homework. Um, if I can't get a solid 4.0 GPA, I don't fucking want it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it comes as a surprise to you, but some people read for fun just casually. But... I can't, re- I can't imagine anymore. I'm so, I'm like so myopic now. Like I'm so <laughs> lost and my, I'm like a, I'm, I'm a shitty little hamster on a shitty little treadmill. Like I'm just trying to keep up and like ingest as much content as I can and keep my little itty bitty feeties moving. Cause I gotta make this fucking podcast once a week. I gotta keep doing it for forever, Andrew. <laughs> this is your life. This is your forever. You've chosen it, and now you get to own it. 
Andrew, I make merch now. I've committed. You have goddamn merchandise, and it's good. I Thank like you. it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wow, it's almost like we should talk about pluggables now. Oh, sure. What a nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely planned it. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, pluggables, do it now. It's the end of the episode. We talked about fantasy. It's time. It's time to just say the same thing I did last time, except maybe get the goddamn web address right for my old band. Good luck. My old band, Groove. I gave the wrong link last time that links to some random person. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, it's uh, groovemusic.bandcamp.com. If you're interested... And checking out that uh, that one comedy album, comedy music album that we put out years ago. Comusic. Comusicy. Musity. There it is. It's a <laughs> Is it? That's musity to I my ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Other than that, you can find me wherever as Zorgox thirteen or just Zorgox. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Bam. It. it <laughs> It's spelled exactly like how it sounds. Um, but uh, yeah. Like I, Zaphod Beeble rocks over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm, ho- I'm really hoping to do some more music. I, I finally just got a new laptop for the first time in uh, like six or six years, seven years maybe. Um, Relatable, yeah. And so I finally have a laptop that can handle recording more than one track at once. So I might actually do some more music for a change. So we'll see. I might throw some YouTube stuff up. I might do SoundCloud. I don't, I don't know yet. But feel free to look at look me up. Zorgox. Z-O-R-G-O-X. Yeah, you're going to do some uh, some fun music stuff for me for a birthday? For birthday month? <laughs> I am happy to. I would love to. We're going to be mad geniuses for birthday month. Ooh. It's going to be hog wild. Oh, baby. Uh, I'm very excited. Um. But uh, yeah, I, all the links that the, the correct link is also in the other in the yes. in the other episode you were on Thank the County for, for Love. Yeah. I will also put the correct link down below uh, in the description, along with links to. I'm giving myself so much work here. All of the links to the books I mentioned oh, will be no. there. Oh, why are you doing this? <laughs> because I have to. Because then I also I still get messages from people who were like, "What was that book you talked about on the show? <laughs> where can I get that?" And I'm like. I go through so much work. I do like I even Bentley that shit, and you still can't fucking just scroll down the episode <laughs> you were listening to. So this is me being like, hey, if you ever are like, wow, Abigail, I I love you, the sound of your voice. You're so melodic and soothing to me and my soul. I really want to support you monetarily and also read some dope ass fucking fiction um scroll down (laughs) please (laughs) please um i also the other day um i told somebody who came in the shop they were like you have like so many good recommendations for romance and i was like thank you it's almost like i'm a professional (laughs) um uh i was like hey even if you don't listen to the podcast, a really good way actually to get recommendations if you're just looking for some flavor, go to the podcast website, hit episodes, and just keep scrolling. It'll come up with all of the episode descriptions just on one page. And there I have all of the links to all of the books I've ever mentioned. Um, and I have a pretty airtight policy of only talking about books that I pretty I I, I enjoy um, aside from I think Flame and the Flower and um, Pir- Pirate's Passionate Slave 
These are the two books that I fucking hated mm. uh, and I've talked about, but they were necessary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, The Power of Fashion Slave wasn't really necessary, but I fucking bought that book on eBay. I was going to read it. Um, so if you just do that, you can find some really good recommendations. Um just know that most of those books have my seal of approval. Now, obviously, you might miss some content warnings um, mm. that I that I put in the podcast itself. But, I mean, y'all, I'm not going to give you anything that's, like, really fucked up. So, like... A little bit of trust there. Yeah. If, if you're if you're feeling if you're feel, this if the spirit moves you, uh, that's a good way to f- just find something good to read on a whim. Um, and also, hey, message work. me. I'll give you oh. personal recs. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, oh, you know, you gotta you do it yourself. Abigail's busy. <laughs> she's got a she's got a weekly podcast. She has books to read. You think she has time to go through and answer every question? Well, she does because she has integrity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because she is a bookseller at heart. That's <laughs> fucked up. Today I was feeling some sort of way. I have not been in the best like headspace today. I'm fucking tired, fam. Uh-huh. I figured out that I've written four hundred thousand word novels in the last sixteen months. Those are just first drafts. I've done multiple following drafts of each of those. Uh-huh. Uh, I started a podcast that is required. I write for each one read multiple books for each one I mean, that's just the stuff you've heard for this podcast at, in the last 16 months also or in the last six months because we haven't even hit a year yet uh also i've been working in a bookshop during a pandemic and i've been working on merch for the for the for the fucking podcast <laughs> you are burning the candle at four ends <laughs> and i read like a book a day <laughs> you have seared uh, you know shoved your way into the wax and started burning the candle in the middle <laughs> and at both ends I've stripped the wax yeah. off yeah. with like a little knife yep. and yep. i've just started burning Carefully, random spots yeah. <laughs> just set as many wick. fires as you freaking can wow. and i'm just i'm just tired is what i'm saying i'm just a little tired i had cake like 5 minutes before we started recording i was like fuck it i'm just going to eat some of my cake if you're keeping track in real time that does mean that i've had my birthday cake that i'm still doing cake chores uh for my birthday which was like a couple of weeks ago now um so yes there's been a lot of cake in my life um <laughs> but uh yeah i've just i forgot where i was going with this just Fucking look at the links yeah. and do the thing, please. I'm so tired. About plugs. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, so like all the links are there. You can support the po- the podcast by doing a couple of things. Uh, following us on social media, Kingdom Thirst everywhere, Abigail K. Kelly uh, on Twitter. I'm not anywhere else to look for me. I don't give a shit. You can. Use our bookshop links for any of the books below. We also have, uh, I have like a Abigail's best, un- totally unbiased list of best books of all time, um, which is a totally unbiased list, as I said, of things that I like. Um, and I add to that as much as I can. There's like 60 books on there now. We're creeping up on like 70 something books in the uh, podcast books. Everything that can be found on bookshop.org is found there. Um, you can also just use our affiliate code thing, Majiggy. I don't really know how that works but if you when you check out you like add a shop name and you put in kingdom of thirst um it supports the bookstore so you can buy actually whatever books you want through bookshop.org and we get a small very very small portion <laughs> adorable proceeds. portion well, that's a, a cool. very sweet portion yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know it 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 adds up so that's very kind of you and i appreciate that speaking of uh supporting us monetarily 
That's Sam. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Huh? What? Yes, it is fantastic. Thank you. It's a, a fantastic uh, to go with a fantastic episode. <laughs> we love some fantasy. Uh, we have, I, it's weird because I, as of recording, the merch has not dropped yet. Um, it does not drop until July 7th. So um, it is weird to be like, we have merch out, but we we do. And in, in your time, in yeah. the future time. Um, <laughs> hi, I hope everything's good there. Uh, it's probably not actually, but probably middling, middling to, to okay. Um, we have merch. We have mugs. Uh, we may have more stuff by then, depending on demand. I can also make stickers out of the designs. I haven't decided on that yet. But we have a Redbubble store that has the Aliums uh, mug, which is choice as hell. <laughs> Andrew, tell them. <laughs> that is a solid mug. That is that is a mug that you can you can show to the whole family. Will hold liquids. Is yeah. dishwasher safe? We'll tell you. And everyone around you, how horny you are to lick a alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, bad I'm disappointed people. in Paige because she did not um, get the nutrient slurry mug. Oh. Um, well, and you can tell her that. I mean, I guess she, she could start collecting all those, those first edition I mean, mugs. she's going to have to. She's a real friend. Um, I, think she, but... I think she didn't buy the second one for me. I think that one was for me because um, we have a lot of Because you have to buy it. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> what? We have so many mugs. We have so many. You think many I don't mugs. have so many mugs? I'm sure you do. I, I bought two of my own mugs. <laughs> well, you have to buy your own mugs. You know, I gotta, had to do proofs. The... I had to figure out how they looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't blame yeah. you. But um, yeah, no. Well, she can get another mug if she throws another one out or donates it. That's fine. <laughs> It's a new. It says it says don't talk to me until I've had my nutrient slurry. And I'm so not. I updated the design, and so now uh, listeners who have checked them out before will know they have like on the back, uh, on the opposite side from the the actual logo that says uh, don't talk to me until I've had my nutrient slurry. Uh, Kingdom Hearts podcast at the bottom. It has a hand. It has our hand from our logo and drippings Ooh. coming from the the lid of the, or the top <laughs> of the mug. <laughs> delicious <laughs> it's very Slurred good up. it's very good it's all like very vapo wave it's fantastic y'all will love it that's very uh cool. link is in the description uh get your stuff maybe i'll have them as stickers depending i don't know what people want um i mean i always got other stuff if you want free stickers also i'm still doing that just hit me up what ifs so generous um if you have any, well, I bought like fucking four thousand of them. I know. Okay, like I understand for, your generosity, but it's still very generous. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I gotta, I gotta get rid of them, man. That's <laughs> so many. It's a fire hazard at this room. point. <laughs> yeah, I can't. There's only, and I'm also just like too much of a coward to just like randomly sticker like like buses and stuff. Si- Somebody oh, else. Oh, can do oh, that. oh, public property. I see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah no, I get that. I get that. Need, need V to do it for me. She's a miscreant. Ooh. Um, yeah. Street art. Um, Kingdom of Thirst style. Yeah, the problem is it leads right back to me is the problem. Right. The thing. Yes, everything. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of not great There is no anonymity there, so. Yeesh. No. No, I chose not to use a pseudonym, and I regret it every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lastly, and this outro has gone on impossibly, intolerably long. First, congrats on making it this far. 
<laughs> yes, thank you for sticking around. Uh, join our Discord. It's fun. That's it. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's there's link below. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Hey, if you at me, uh, I'll talk to you. I don't know if that's actually an, any encouragement or. or if that's I a mean, prize, you but... literally never say anything in the Discord, Andrew. But sure. I am silent. But every once in a while, I will search the Discord to see if anyone mentions the theme because I like hearing that people are enjoying the theme. <laughs> oh my god, Andrew, that's so cute! <laughs> I'm just a ghost. But if you at me, I will respond. <laughs> Compliment Andrew's music. <laughs> so thirsty. Yes, it is the kingdom of it thirst. It is the kingdom welcome, of welcome. thirst, and I am the prince. Oh, are you? I don't. Yeah, uh, one of many, probably. I don't. I don't have a title. I. I. No one has deigned to give me a title, and it feels weird being like, oh, "I'm the queen of thirst." How could you not be the queen of I thirst? I kind of always assumed that I was like the steward. Like I'm. I'm the regent. Like I'm not actually supposed to be on the throne, but <laughs> someone just kind of left me there. <laughs> someone got tragically ill way too quickly and died, and you're just the placeholder until There's someone else gets There's a baby who's really the king, and I'm just over here being like, "Well, fuck. I guess I got like 18 years yeah. to fucking kick it." In I don't. In the meantime, we could talk about books, I guess. Yeah, taxes. I don't know. What was the region <laughs> Books and taxes. Anyway. That sounds great. That's been the podcast. Uh, thanks for being on, Andrew. Of course, yeah. Uh, I, I ho- hope to be on again soon because it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Well, this is it. Talk to you next Wednesday, y'all. Later, nerds. Bye. Bye. Outro theme. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Only oh, I, I know. <laughs> 